All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. We started the show today talking about the ICBC gas rebate mm-hmm. announced last week by the government. $110 for most drivers. Commercial driver, we get $165. Bucks. Uh, you know, most of the things, the biggest reaction I'm hearing from most people is that it's not going to make much of a difference. Yeah. You know, 110 bucks these days is just gone in a flash. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty well an, an underwhelming response from the public. Uh, $110 is really not much in the larger scheme of things. I think the problem the government's got, and all governments have this problem, this whole affordability issue, and my column was about this this week, is reached a whole different level. Now with inflation at 5% and rising, rising interest rates, uh, supply chain issues, where shortages of, uh, of certain goods, commodity prices are going up. The sanctions on Russia against Russia are going to start to have a profound impact. Um, just one example, Russia supplies 12% of the world's supply of sawn, uh, sawn timber, l- lumber. That's housing wood. The price of housing, of construction is going to go up. Russia is the number two producer of oil. Uh, the price of oil is going to yeah. go up. Uh, it's and again, provincial governments are not in a position to stop this. I mean, th- so the affordability issue is about to go through the roof, and so a hundred and ten dollar check is a bit almost tone deaf uh, from a from a government. It's not going to have a huge impact. Now, you know, one hundred ten bucks is one hundred and ten bucks. But, you know, we did a number of streeters in, on Global uh, last week, which is people pointed out that wasn't going to cover their fill-up. Well, let's play some of those uh, streeters. Oh, here's some of what people had to say as they're gassing up their vehicles and talking to Global News. Have a listen. It's not a lot. I think we should be getting way more than that. I'm on the road a lot, so 110 helps. I'm sure it'll help uh, a lot of people. So, uh, But I'm sure people are just happy to get something. 110 is not enough. I can tell you that right now. That wouldn't even cover my tank of gas here. Okay, as some of the people speaking to Global News last week. Yeah, it's again, one hundred ten bucks is one hundred ten bucks, which is great, but it's really not going to change um, the the circumstances for many people. I mean, we've had prices going up on all sorts of goods. We've had a series of rebate checks issued by we ICBC have. now ever since they moved to no fault auto insurance and they started raking. Well, that's in that's the that's the understory here is the yep. unbelievable financial turnaround in ICBC. Yep. Uh, they went from a negative uh, equity deficit of more than half a billion dollars just a few years ago to now approaching $4 billion in reserves. And in a position, as you say, this is the third rebate check. About $300 were handed out previously. Rates have gone down about 25% in most cases. Uh, so the stage is set for next year to either see another rebate check or a, another rate reduction. So, I mean, that's the good side right now. What's happening is ICBC is finally in good fi- uh, financial shape because they've switched to no fault. The other affordability uh, uh, part of the puzzle that's going to get a bit of a fill up, just to use the phrase, is childcare. You see Justin Trudeau today signing a deal with Ontario's Doug Ford for a massive investment in childcare. I expect that's going to happen province by province by province. He's out here uh, tomorrow oh. uh, in BC to visit a residential school, but also uh, I don't know if he's going to have a childcare announcement. But it's interesting. Mm. He starts with Ontario. One assumes there's going to be agreements with other provinces as well. Okay, something to watch for tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Falcon, the new Liberal leader, not impressed with the rebate checks that have been coming from ICBC. Here's here's what he had to say about it a little while ago. Have a listen to this. David Eby and the NDP before the election said, "Oh, we're not going to uh, bring in no fault." And then what happens after the election? They bring in no fault. And then they send people back these stupid little checks. 
you know, trying to say, oh, yes, isn't this great? You're getting some money back. I think I got a $4 check for one of my cars. Okay, so we had a series of rebates. Some people got bigger checks than others in some of those earlier rebates, and he's not impressed with it. But I'm not sure the Liberals have got an answer on this stuff either. No, and the Liberals don't exactly have a ton of credibility when it comes to ICBC. I mean, they, they're the ones who drove the corporation into the, uh, the dumpster fire. Uh, so I think Falcon's got to be a little wary. Be careful what how far you go when it comes to ICBC, because I think the memories are still pretty fresh of the Liberals handling that crown. Well, court. the Liberals were the ones who famously used to use ICBC like a piggy bank and would take money out of oh, their yeah. excess capital, they called it, and pumped it into government revenue. No, they turned it into a real mess. Uh, and this, you know, like it or not, the switch to no fault under the NDP has improved the, the financial bottom line. And I expect uh, ICBC to have pretty big surpluses in the years ahead. And again. The NDP has to avoid the temptation of taking those surpluses and putting them into general revenue. Yeah. Uh, the people own ICBC, and you could argue once the reserve uh, requirements are met, any surplus should go back to policyholders. Okay, are you following the Jason Kenney saga oh, yeah. next door in Alberta? So the Alberta Premier facing a leadership review by members of his own party, the United Conservatives mm -hmm. in Alberta. It's going to be a mail-in ballot. There were so many members of this party wanted to go to their policy to convention to cast a ballot on Jason mm -hmm. Kenney's leadership. They decided to turn it into a mail-in ballot. So there could be 15,000 or more eligible yep. voters there for that. And Kenny looks to be in some trouble. Now, the other day, leaked audio from a Conservative Party meeting where Kenny said that he actually considered resigning around Christmas time, but decided to stick around because, in his words, he did not want to allow the lunatics to take over the asylum. Mm -hmm. And he was asked about that, and he didn't back down on the remarks, didn't, didn't apologize. He said, look, there are extremist elements in the United Conservative Party in Alberta that he's trying to hold back from taking over the party. Here's what he had to say, then I'll get your thoughts. Jason Kenney. I have seen... Uh, a growing number of voices from the far margins of uh, Alberta politics that are, uh, I would say, extreme and have been trying to get involved in the leadership process in our party. That does concern me. Okay, your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's referring to reality. There is a, the Conservative Party of Canada and the Conservative Party, basically, of Alberta has moved significantly to the right. Uh, you're seeing it in these truck convoys, these hate convoys. Uh, Pierre Poliev is trying to court their support. They do represent right now a significant part of the Conservative Party movement. And Kenny's, uh, Kenny's calling them out, but I'm not, I'm not sure it's, it may be too late in the day for Kenny to save his leadership because I'm not sure he has the numbers to beat them. Yeah, there are some MLAs there in Alberta, members of Kenny's own party who are openly gunning for him, questioning yep. his leadership and obviously want to replace him. There are other sort of groups that have formed in Alberta. There's one called Take Back Alberta that has formed to kind of organize against Kenny. And these are far, these are significantly far right groups, even more uh, conservative than Jason Kenny. And Kenny's a pretty conservative guy. Well, yeah. I mean, Kenny on the wider spectrum of Canadian politics yeah, well, the, would be considered a pretty right-wing guy. Exactly. Even in the in normal times. I mean, the Conservative Party is not the party of Brian Mulroney uh -huh. or, or Joe Clark or Robert Stanfield or even Stephen Harper. It's drifted considerably to the right, and that's where the party membership is. And Jason Kenny is rightly concerned that... Uh, you think he's in trouble? Oh, he's definitely in trouble. Yeah. 
But again, never underestimate the power of a sitting leader to hang on to his job. Yeah, and we've seen that play out before in BC politics. Okay, we'll see what fo- how, how that unfolds. He's here also in, the next in, a, of weeks. in controversy for a tweet he just his his Twitter account sent out where he's using last night's Oscar moment of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock to frame <laughs> that as an example of green policies versus reality. He's taken a lot of heat over that as well. Okay, the slap heard around the world here at the Oscars last night, so it's turned into a meme, an online mm-hmm. meme, of course. So, yeah, I'm taking a look at Jason Kenny's Twitter feed right now. So he's got uh, Chris Rock reeling from this hit from... Uh, from Will Smith, and he's the the label on Chris Rock is green energy policies, and he's being smacked down by Will Smith, who's labeled reality. So I mean, you got okay. So they're they're turning this into a meme. So this, what he's being criticized for using this? Well, here? he's criticized for using a moment of violence yeah, to yeah. to promote his own views and to frame this as somehow a, a, something to do with energy or green green policy, which is bizarre to say the least. Uh, and also, it's interesting, you know, um, already Twitter's divided in, in, in social media into two camps, you know, Team Rock, Team Smith, which is, I mean, this is sort of like a version, a modern day version of some 17th century duel with somebody, you know, un- unhand my, 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 uh, Wife, and I'll you know challenge you to a duel, sir. And Will <laughs> well, Smith. It, all, it all started when Chris Rock made a joke about yeah. Will Smith. Let's listen to a bit of it last night. So here's how it went down in the Oscars last night. It starts with R- Chris Rock making a a crack at Will Will Smith Will Smith's r- uh, wife. Have a listen. Jada, I love you. GI Jane too. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Will Smith just smacked. Wow, dude. Yeah, keep my wife's name out your f- mouth. I'm going to, okay? Wow, this got crazy last night. Well, time. I mean, that's the most infamous moment in Oscar history. It was amazing to watch that. Um, but there's no room for which, violence. Which camp are you in? I'm yeah. in neither camp, but there's no room for violence. Will Smith was completely out of line. I mean, yeah. you can you can argue Chris Rock was out of line too, making a, a joke about someone who has a medical condition. Uh, that's over the line, but that's not um, re- should not result in violence on the stage. It was absolutely bizarre. And then, you know, the most impressive moment last night of the Oscars, and I haven't watched the Oscars for a couple of years, so like most people, the audience yeah. has been drifting. Last night was a compelling Oscar presentation. I mean, there was lots of emotion there, lots of firsts. But I thought Lady Gaga's uh, defense or uh, comment to Liza Minnelli, who was in a wheelchair, who was having trouble with her presentation, saying, I've got your back, sort of thing. I think that was the moment last night. But unfortunately, the Will Smith slap heard around the world is going to be the one everyone remembers. Welcome back, Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls. There are lots of them. James and White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Keith, quick, uh, I got two comments. One's a question. How do you think Trudeau's going to increase the oil production in Alberta and Saskatchewan? He's driven out 80% of the uh, uh, investment capital out of the province already with his policies. And my other, my other statement is the reason why Kenny's in trouble is because he went to the elections in Alberta on the basis of being a provincial leader. And he has always been a nationalist and he is always going to be a nationalist. And he hasn't done anything for the province since he's gotten in there. That's why he's in trouble. Yeah, very good points uh, on, on both fronts. Uh, the oil production issue is going to turn on its head now that Russia is out of the game, out of the marketplace for a while. So the pressure is going to be on other oil-producing uh, countries to uh, ramp up production. 
And that's going to be a challenge, but investors will go into a vacuum, which is, exists right now in Canada's oil situation. So the, 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 the demand for oil is going to increase because Russia is the number two producer of oil. They're out of the marketplace. Someone's got to have to replace that. Canada doesn't have enough to replace it. The states will have to ramp up production as well. <clears throat> in terms of Kenny, he's just been one mistake after another. Uh, and he's, he's always had this air of desperation about him, about trying to frantically beat back these flames of ultra conservatism at a time when Rachel Notley and the NDP are holding their own uh, against him in public opinion. Okay, we'll see what happens to uh, Jason Kenney there. I agree with you. I think his leadership of that party is definitely in trouble right now. Let's go to Mike in Vancouver. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Now, in light of last night's Oscars, the uh, ICBC rate is like a slap in the face to confront him more. Here goes some more memes here. This one is going to go viral, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I I don't think the ICBC rebate is going to work out quite the way the NDP thought it would because it's. Uh, it, what did you know, they think it was going to work out into? Well, that people you know, would be happy with 110 bucks. When you think about it, 110 is an odd number. Yeah. Like, what you know? Where did 110 come from? Yeah. And also, you just detect behind the scenes. ICBC seems to be pushing back on this. They didn't put out their own. They put out a very terse two-paragraph news release announcing there's a rebate. Oh, if you want to know more, look at this government news release. Not their own news release. They're not owning this. They're, this is very much pushback of provincial government. I thought 150 would have been the minimum. Well, you remember. Well, I agree with you. I think the rebate should have been higher. They could certainly afford it. They, they, they can't afford in it. over $3 billion in profits in two years. Yeah. But Nicholas Jimenez, the president of ICBC, in the immediate aftermath of the gas prices, was asked, the, was asked a week before Horgan's announcement, mm -hmm. will you have a gas price rebate? And he basically said, no, we, no. Need, the, we need this money for capital reserves. Yeah, I, so. but understandably, Jimenez and ICBC management are a little stung by the fact that their reserve was depleted because of government actions a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. So they're understandably wary of other government actions that could hurt their reserves. Like so, this. Like, you know, this is yeah. political dipping this into, is, the, uh, into the pot, is it not? It is. It's costing $400 million, but ICBC yeah. is now in a position they can absorb a $400 million hit, but I would oh, argue yeah. they probably could have absorbed a $600 million sure hit. Sure they could. Yep. They could have afforded to give a bigger rebate, I think. Denise and Mission. Hi, Denise. What do you think? Hello. Um, I'm just calling in about the Will Smith incident. Yes. And uh, I actually have HIV, and Chris Rock is continuously making jokes about AIDS, and I think they are hilarious doesn't bother me at all. And so, I, sorry, I, I mean, it, and if I, I'd love to be compared to Demi Moore. Heck, that would be fantastic. <laughs> if he compared me to Kojak, that would be a different thing. But, you know, you got to have a laugh. I mean, I thought Chris Rock was fantastic. He didn't go over the line. I thought Will Smith took it way too seriously. I also thought, thank you for the call, I also thought Chris Rock can certainly take a punch. Like, he took that shot oh, yeah. and didn't even flinch, really, too much. I have to thank her, though. A Kojak reference. A Kojak. We haven't heard that before. Kojak. Who, yeah, lo no, who uh, loves you, baby? Yeah, the, the, with the lollipop. <laughs> yeah, no, great, great old 70s TV show. Uh, but yeah, Will Smith definitely crossed the line. Chris Rock is known for distasteful jokes and offensive yeah, jokes. Sure. But come on, we've had Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes yeah. for years. Don Rickles. And he never got punched. He never got Don Rickles' entire career was about yeah. insulting people. Yeah. So, you know, you don't get you don't deserve a punch because you made a joke. Squeeze in one more. Jeremy in Abbotsford. Hi, Jeremy. You got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sneaky John Horgan. Let's talk about him. He doesn't want any rebates to go to anybody. The carbon tax and the, we are the number one shippers of coal to China to burn for power and metal. He doesn't care about the planet. He cares about raping our wallets. That's all he cares about that, man, because he will sell that coal 
if he had his real uh, values, he'd stop that coal export tomorrow. Okay, Jeremy, thank you for the call, Keith. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but commodity, coal's a commodity. The price of coal, again, Russia's the number three producer of coal in the entire world. So that's off the marketplace, which means coal is going up in price.